Book Three, Chapter Ten of Camilla. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Lars Rolander. Camilla or a Picture of Youth by Fanny Burney, Chapter Ten. Modern Ideas of Life. Greed at this separation, Mr. Tyrrell retired to his study, and his two daughters went to the apartment of Lionel, to comfort him under the weight of his misconduct. They found him sincerely affected and repentant, yet eager to hear that his mother was actually gone. Ill as he felt himself to deserve such an exertion for his future welfare, and poignant as were his shame and sorrow to have parted her from his excellent father, he thought all evil preferable to encountering her eye, or listening to her admonitions. Though unaffectedly beloved, Mrs. Tyrold was deeply feared by all her children, Camilla alone excepted, by Lionel from his horror of reproof by lavinia from the timidity of her humility and by eugenia from her high sense of parental superiority camilla alone escaped the contagion for while too innocent too undesigning wilfully to excite displeasure she was too gay and too light-hearted to admit apprehension without cause the gentle lavinia knew not how to perform her painful task of delivering the message with which she was commissioned the sight of lionel in dejection was as sad as it was new to her and she resolved in conjunction with camilla to spare him till the next day when his feelings might be less acute they each sat down therefore to work silent and compassionate while he ejaculating blessings upon his parents and calling for just vengeance upon himself stroamed up and down the room biting his knuckles and now and then striking his forehead this lasted about ten minutes and then suddenly advancing to his sisters and snatching a hand of each come girls he cried now let's talk of other things too young to have developed the character of lionel they were again as much astonished as they had been the preceding day but his defects though not originally of the heart, were of a species that soon tend to harden it. They had their rise in a total aversion to reflection, a wish to distinguish himself from his retired and, he thought, unfashionable relations, and an unfortunate coalition with some unprincipled young men, who, because flashy and gay, could lead him to whatever they proposed yet when mischief or misfortune ensued from his wanton faults he was always far more sorry than he thought it manly to own but as his actions were without judgment his repentance was without principle and he was ready for some new enterprise the moment the difficulties of an old one subsided camilla who from her affection to him read his character through the innocence of her own met his returning gaiety with a pleasure that was proportioned to her pain at his depression but lavinia saw it with discomfort as the signal for executing her charge and with extreme reluctance gave to him to understand she had a command to fulfil to him from his mother the powers of conscience were again then instantly at work he felt what he had deserved he dreaded to hear what he had provoked 
and trembling and drawing back entreated her to wait one half hour before she entered upon the business she cheerfully consented and camilla proposed extending the reprieve to the next day but not two minutes elapsed before lionel protested he could not bear the suspense and urged an immediate communication she can have said nothing cried he worse than i expect or than i merit probe me then without delay she is acting by me like an angel and if she were to command me to turn anchoret i know i ought to obey her with much hesitation lavinia then began my mother says my dear lionel the fraud you have practised the fraud what a horrid word why it was a mere trick a joke a frolic just to make an old hunks open his purse strings for his natural heir i am astonished at my mother i really don't care if i don't hear another syllable well then my dear lionel i will wait till you are calmer my mother i am sure did not mean to irritate but to convince my mother continued he striding about the room makes no allowances she has no fault herself and for that reason she thinks nobody else should have any besides how should she know what it is to be a young man and to want a little cash and not know how to get it but i am sure said lavinia if you wanted it for any proper purpose my father would have denied himself everything in order to supply you yes yes but suppose i want it for a purpose that is not proper how am i to get it then why then my dear lionel surely you must be sensible you ought to go without it cried the sisters in a breath ay that's as you girls say that know nothing of the matter if a young man when he goes into the world was to make such a speech as that he would be pointed at besides who must he live with you don't suppose he's to shut himself up with a few musty books sleeping over the fire under pretence of study all day long do you like young melmond who knows no more of the world than one of you do indeed said camilla he seemed to me an amiable and modest young man though very romantic oh i dare say he did i could have laid any wager of that he's just a girl's man just the very thing all sentiment and poetry and heroics but we my little dear we lads of spirit hold all that amazing cheap i assure you i would as soon be seen trying on a lady's cap at a glass as poring over a crazy old author when i could help it i warrant you think because one is at the university one must all be bookworms why what else do you go there for but to study everything in the world my dear but are there not sometimes young men who are scholars without being bookworms cried camilla half colouring is not is not edgar mandelbert oh yes yes an odd thing of that sort happens now and then mandelbert has spirit enough to carry it off pretty well without being ridiculous though he is as deep for his time as ever an old fellow of a college but then this is no rule for others you must not expect an edgar mandelbert at every turn ah no thought camilla but edgar said lavinia has had an extraordinary education as well as possessing extraordinary talents and goodness and you too my dear lionel to fulfil what may be expected from you should look back 
to your father who was brought up at the same university and is now considered as one of the first men it has produced while he was respected by the learned for his application he was loved even by the indolent for his candour and kindness of heart and though his income as you know was so small he never ran in debt and by an exact but open economy escaped all imputation of meanness while by forbearing either to conceal or repine at his limited fortune he blunted even the raillery of the dissipated by frankly and good-humouredly meeting it half-way how often have i heard my dear mother tell you this yes but all this child is nothing to the purpose my father is no more like other men than if he had been born in another planet and my attempting to resemble him is as great a joke as if you were to dress up miss margland in indiana's flowers and feathers and then expect people to call her a beauty we do not say you resemble my father now said camilla archly but is there any reason why you should not try to do it by and by oh yes a little one nature nature my dear is in the way i was born a bit of a buck i have no manner of natural taste for study and pouring and expounding and black letter work i am a light airy spark at your service not quite so wise as i am merry but let that pass my father you know is firm as a rock he minds neither wind nor weather nor fleerer nor sneerer but this firmness look ye, he has kept all to himself not a whit of it do i inherit every wind that blows wears me about and makes me look some new way soon after gathering courage from curiosity he desired to hear the message at once lavinia unwillingly complying then repeated the fraud which you have practised my mother says whether from wanton folly to give pain or from rapacious discontent to gain money she will leave without comment satisfied that if you have any heart at all its effects must bring its remorse since it has dangerously increased the infirmities of your uncle driven him to a foreign land and forced your mother to forsake her home and family in his pursuit unless she were willing to see you punished by the entire disinheritance with which you are threatened but oh no more no more i am ready to shoot myself already my dear excellent mother what do i not owe you i had never seen never thought of the business in this solemn way before i meant nothing at first but a silly joke and all this mischief has followed unaccountably i assure you i had no notion at the beginning he would have minded the letter and afterwards jack whiston persuaded me the money was as good as my own and that it was nothing but a little cribbing for myself i will never trust him again i see the whole now in its true and atrocious colours i will devote myself in future to make all the amends in my power to my dear incomparable mother the sisters affectionately encouraged this idea which produced near a quarter of an hour's serious thinking and penitence he then begged to hear the rest and lavinia continued but since you are readmitted said my mother to etherington by the clemency of your forbearing father 
she charges you to remember you can only repay his goodness by an application the most intense to those studies you have hitherto neglected and of which your neglect has been the cause of all your errors by committing to idle amusements the time that innocently as well as profitably ought to have been dedicated to the attainment of knowledge she charges you also to ask yourself since during the vacation your father himself is your tutor upon what pretext you can justify wasting his valuable time however little you may respect your own finally i never wasted his time i never desired to have any instruction in the vacations tis the most deuced thing in life to be studying so hard incessantly the waste of time is all his own affair his own choice not mine i assure you go on however finally she adjures you to consider that if you still persevere to consume your time in wilful negligence to bury all thought in idle gaiety and to act without either reflection or principle the career of faults which begins but in unthinking folly will terminate in shame in guilt and in ruin and though such a declension of all good must involve your family in your affliction your disgrace she bids me say will ultimately fall but where it ought since your own want of personal sensibility to the horror of your conduct will neither harden nor blind any human being besides yourself this is all and enough too cried he reddening i am a very wretch i believe that though i am sure i can't tell how for i never intend any harm never think never dream of hurting any mortal but as to study i must own to you i hate it most usedly anything else if my mother had but exacted anything else with what joy i would have shown my obedience if she had ordered me to be horse-ponded i do protest to you i would not have demurred how always you run into the ridiculous cried camilla i was never so serious in my life not that i should like to be horse-ponded in the least though i would submit to it for a punishment and out of duty but then when it was done it would be over now the juice of study is there is no end of it and it does so little for one one can go through life so well without it there is not about here and there an old codger that asks one a question that can bring it into any play and then a turn upon one's heel or looking at one's watch or wondering at one's short memory or happening to forget just that one single passage carries off the whole in two minutes as completely as if one had been working one's whole life to get ready for the assault and pray now tell me how can it be worth one's best days one's gayest hours the very flower of one's life all to be sacrificed to plodding over musty grammars and lexicons merely to cut a figure just for about two minutes once or twice in a year the sisters brought up with an early reverence for learning as forming a distinguished part of the accomplishments of their father could not subscribe to this argument but they laughed and that was ever sufficient for lionel who though sincerely in private he loved and honoured his father 
never bestowed upon him one voluntary moment that frolic or folly invited elsewhere lavinia and camilla perfectly relieved now from all fears for their brother repaired to the study of their father anxious to endeavour to cheer him and to accelerate a meeting and reconciliation for lionel but they found him desirous to be alone though kindly and unsolicited he promised to admit his son before dinner lionel heard this was a just ape but gave it no time for deep impression it was still very early and he could settle himself to nothing during the hours yet to pass before the interview he persuaded his sisters therefore to walk out with him to while away at once expectation and retrospection End of chapter 10 Read by Lars Rolander